Welcome to NUFC Matters. It is Wednesday night, which means it's a, a, a night where I'm joined by Super Mac and John Gibson. Good evening, lads. Hello, Steve. Good evening hi, to hi. you, John. Good to hi, see man. you guys. Good to see you. Good to see you. And as always, plenty to talk about uh, with Newcastle United. Um, we'll be looking tonight, obviously, at uh, ASM and his new contracts. We'll be looking at Dubravka, the shock news that uh, there's been a setback for Dubravka with his recovery. And we'll also talk about, first of all, um, this big picture, um, which has been an absolute farce from start to finish. Uh, mm. This this big six idea yeah. um, in the Premier League, Malcolm, um, certainly raised a lot of eyebrows and angered a lot of supporters and ex-players. Yeah, quite quite right. I think it's absolutely outrageous um, what, what they're trying to do, all led by Liverpool and Manchester United. Do you, and, of course, the owners of, of, of both of those clubs um, uh, aren't British, you know, so, it, it, so they, they don't understand how it's all worked in this country for, for many, many decades and, and, and more um, to become the most successful, richest um, league in the world. Um, and, and now they really want to start getting hold of of everything, all bit of power that's going, um, and cut the numbers down to what half a dozen clubs. And I, I see that Arsenal have, um, I believe, have uh, said um, we're, we're not that interested because it's it, it, it's uh, um, it's going to make it. Um, a real power group, and the rest of the f- of football is never going to matter after that. Once that, once but they've got course, a group on it, they'll never let it go. I don't think, John. But the the point is, and we're very thankful for this, Malcolm. Is this afternoon it's been knocked on the head. Yes. It's been voted against by the uh, Premier League with. Um, the Football Association putting their, their penneth in, etc. And it had to be knocked on the head because it was the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yes. Uh, uh, it was just a land grab, a land grab, Malcolm, by Liverpool and Manchester mm-hmm. United. It would have killed all the romance of what happened with Leicester City. And significantly, from our point of view, uh, it would have allowed the Super Six to be able to veto any Newcastle United takeover in the future. Now, that oh, is... Oh, I didn't realise it that far. Oh, it did, it did, Malcolm. And the interesting oh, thing on word. this is, 
is twofold. They aren't going, they are a super six, although there's nine altogether, the, the super six. Now, they, they, Malcolm, are not going to want a club from the outside of that six to break into their six and dilute mm -hmm. their power. So they're not going to allow clubs to be taken over in the way that Manchester City were taken over all those years ago and become a superpower. And what worries me, Malcolm, is that this is the suspicious side of me. If they feel like that now, and that was part of their proposal, mm. what influence did they try to have on making certain the Newcastle United takeover didn't happen? Because the Super Six, had it happened before the project big picture mm. had come out in the open, the Super Six would have been on the verge of a Super Seven. Once our takeover had yeah. happened, they couldn't have stopped it. But they didn't want it to happen. Now, did they bring any influence to bear? I'm very super. I'm very suspicious of their yeah, yeah. situation and circumstances. Very, very suspicious. And thank goodness that sanity has reigned, and it's going to allow football to reign, and it's going to allow every club and their supporters to have what they deserve, which is hope for a fabulous future. That would have been mm. killed by Manchester United and Liverpool. Yes, yes, it would, and I, I, and I think, that, for heaven's sake, football is about competition, and here we have two clubs who are trying to kill competition off. Yeah, totally. It was yeah. for me. It was destroying the whole, the whole um, of of the meaning of football, and ah, I, it appalled me absolutely. Yeah. It was a, it was a power power play. Totally. If we're not allowed to dream, when I say we, I mean as fans, if us yeah. three aren't allowed to dream, if all the Newcastle United fans are not allowed mm. to dream of what may be, you know, why can't we dream that one day we'll win the Champions League? Every club should dream that. Leicester were dreaming that one day they might win the Premier League, then they did. If you take those dreams away, you take away the whole essence of football. Yeah, 100% agree with both of you lads. It's uh, It's been very, you know, very disappointing to see that, but not unexpected. And again, it's the cartel. And funny that um, it's almost like a game of poker where you show your hand too early. You know what I mean? And and, and they have done that this mm -hmm. time. We've been mm -hmm. calling the Premier League, uh, when I say we, Newcastle fans have been calling the Premier League corrupt for the way that they handled this whole, you know, attempted takeover by the Saudis. But they've just gone and proved it with this, with this, you know, separate, separate agenda. And and mm. by all accounts, this has been in the planning since 2017. It's not just a new, it's not just a new idea. It's something that they've been plotting and planning for for quite a while, you know. But why on earth choose a COVID pandemic to suddenly, you know, announce it? I, I just, I just think they've lost their minds. Yeah, and uh, and it really does now put into question, doesn't it, the excuses that the Premier League made when they um at, at the end of it all they, they they said but but we had asked questions we were waiting for answers and they never came and and so it went on for 17 odd weeks well i what's happened and what's been said in these last few days and what i'm finding out here and now um i i have grave doubts as to whether the football uh, whether the premier league uh 
um, are actually telling the truth. Um, in, in I that, mean, uh, yeah, it worries yeah. me, Malcolm. It worries me the the influence that clubs have had behind the yeah. scene. Uh, to try to stop the Newcastle United takeover happening. That is the yeah. very, very disturbing fact that's come out of this as far as Newcastle United fans are concerned. Yeah. What influence have these two clubs and others in the in the six had to help block the Newcastle United takeover because it didn't suit them? And by the way, congratulations to the, the Telegraph newspaper who broke this story that this was happening behind the scenes and this was the plan. They blew it wide open and as a result of blowing it wide open, everybody's gone berserk and everybody's, the rebellion has grown and grown mm -hmm. by the hour, not just by the day. So well done, The Telegraph. But I yep. am angry, I am angry and suspicious about what hand has been dealt behind the scenes on the Newcastle United takeover. Yes, yep. absolutely, John. And that, and that will come out in the, and that will come out in the wash, lads. Eventually, by hook or by crook, mm. whether the takeover goes through or not, all of that dirty linen will get washed in public at some point. I hope so. Yeah, I sincerely yeah, hope so. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's been more cryptic pictures by uh, Nick DeMarco, the uh, QC, who's uh, in charge of Mike Ashley's fight against the Premier League. So, uh, you know, let's see what happens with that. Liam Kennedy's been writing some pretty good stuff in the Shields Gazette. Obviously, he's got his contacts and uh, he seemed very optimistic on the show last night. He feels that, uh, you know, wheels are wheels are turning and that, uh, you know, we may have a maybe a late Christmas present. So fingers crossed. Let's hope that does happen. And uh, big shout out again, as always, to Darren Baldwin Funerals. Local independent family business, 24-hour service uh, for sponsoring uh, StreamYard this month. And a big shout out to qtechshop.co.uk uh, for sponsoring as well. And they're the ones who sorted out the snazzy T-shirts with John and Malcolm will have next week. Uh, they will be in the post, lads. And uh, he's even sorted me a cup out, lads. So I've got a brew now. Oh, oh, oh just as long as you get looked after, Steve. Never mind. Well, I'm the guinea pig, and then if I think they're okay, I say yes, and then I send them to you. So the t-shirts are winging the way over, lads. Uh, be careful, well, man. Don't give us any cheat. You'll get an extra small. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, big, yeah. news big news today. Um, uh, two bits of big news breaking from St. James's Park as we start getting back towards normal football after the international break, and that is ASM. It seems that uh, the uh, the white smoke has risen from the, the, the chimney at St. James's. Peace has broken out and uh, ASM has agreed a new six-year deal, Malcolm. Is that, is that good news? Um, do we oh, expect it? Yeah. Fabulous. We, Absolutely brilliant news. What all they need now is to, is to get some, uh, is to get the necessary players um, playing with him um, to, to really make the side strong. Uh -huh. You know, yep. otherwise, yep. It, it, because it, it's very much becoming a bit of a one-man band. Um, and that's no good at this level in the Premiership. No good at all. Yep. John, are I, you happy to see us? Oh, oh, very much. I've been banging on fair about them saying he's the one breath of fresh air 
that makes me want to watch Newcastle United. I'm not yeah. degrading the other players at all. I mean, Callum Wilson's been fabulous, etc., etc. Yeah. Darlow's done wonderful since he came in. But the guy that is likely to get me off my seat is a maximum. Now, Malcolm was saying last week about how we've got to uh, make certain that he is not, he doesn't leave. I totally agree and I've been writing about the fact that the top Champions League clubs will start sniffing very, very quickly when he plays very well against them, as he will, and that may well start on Saturday night with him playing very well against Manchester United. How interested might they become? So, he went away, as you probably both realise, guys. He went back to France during this international fortnight and gave an interview while over saying that he wants to see Newcastle match his ambition from the stay. And if on the long term they didn't match his ambition, he may have had a go. Now, that is understandable. We've both said that. Malcolm and I have both said publicly that if Newcastle don't do the biz, people want to go. It happened as long ago as the 80s when we had Waddle, Beardsley and Gascoigne who all left because of yeah. Newcastle's lack of ambition. Um, we need to show that ambition. The six years is wonderful because for a start, doesn't he deserve a pay rise? Dear me, he was getting less than, than some players that can't even get into the side. And he was the best player in the side. So he deserved that pay rise. And what the six years does, it doesn't guarantee that he'll be here for six years because if Newcastle are poor and he wants to go and a big enough offer comes in, we'll know Newcastle will, will cash in on him. But the six years gives the club... Um, a safety net that he can't go for peanuts because he's got one year, two years left on his contract and it gives him a feeling of being wanted and a pay structure that puts him at the top of the... I mean, to think of some of the players that were going to have more money in him is an absolute nonsense. So, yes, yeah. it is good news all that. Okay, on the flip side, of course, Dubravka, uh, who was uh, certainly our player of the season last season, Malcolm, uh, has suffered a setback, according to Martin Hardy uh, tonight. Um, just reading the article there before we came on air, uh, it was a heel injury that he originally had, um, which he sustained when he was uh, in in, Slo in his home company, Slovakia. And um, basically, the uh, the specialists have had a look at it, and it hasn't healed the way that they wanted to. So mm -hmm. we're talking about potentially another six to eight week layoff, which means he won't be back until Christmas. Uh, well, it's a shame. It's a shame for for the club and uh, and certainly for the player himself. Thank heavens, though, that Darlow, uh, he, he's, he's really shown himself uh, to, to, uh, to have the makings of, of being a really good goalkeeper. Um, that uh, I think he's done absolutely super. He had one dodgy game um, and he looked nervous, but he seemed to immediately afterwards, in going into the start of the next game, he looked confident. And he's just grown and grown and grown from there, and uh, and so it, it, the the disaster that um, is the injury to the Bradka, it's it, it's come out sort of uh, smelling of roses um, by the form of Darlow. 
but is if Darlow gets injured, I'm not sure what's coming behind him. Yeah, okay, John. It's a bad blow, isn't it, really, for uh, for Dubravka? Um, you know, clearly our player of the season last season. But um, you know, as Malcolm says, Darlow's done well. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, Dubravka, I've been a huge, huge fan of him. There was times last season when he played sides on his own. Mm. He had never missed a Premier League game since he arrived in Newcastle until this injury. And I must admit that I felt the way I think a lot of Newcastle fans felt when I heard about Dubravka's injury originally, I feared the worst. We were in mm. pre-season and I thought, dear, oh dear, oh dear, one of our two top players is now out long term where does that leave us and i thought it was a huge blow um dollar has stepped up and been magnificent beyond my hopes and um the spurs game will have given huge confidence which he'll, mm -hmm. he'll be able to, to live off yeah. for quite a while but as malcolm said before as malcolm said when we we're talking you need two quality goalkeepers because if dolo gets injured and i know that mm -hmm. we're pushing our bad luck here with two book of but it can easily happen especially with the goalkeeper who is at risk every time he comes out and drops at somebody's feet etc etc he's at risk of injury if he gets injured then we are on the bones because woodman is away um gillespie who did well in his first league cup tie then dropped the clanger against newport they almost put newcastle out of the competition you can't hold that against the lad it will happen with goalkeepers um but he was brought here as the number three uh is top class dolo has proved himself to be top class but it's still a blow that he's going to be out till december there's absolutely no question about that it's still a blow but as malcolm said thank goodness that dolo has stepped up to the crease in the way that he has done International yeah, and, it, and he, he looks the part as well doesn't he john dolo yeah. is he's yeah he does yeah. And, he, and all of a sudden he actually looks the part and there's a and there's a you can see that inner confidence about him and there's and there's confidence in the back four um in him now yeah exactly uh, exactly yeah. And, and that's good yeah, international absolutely. football obviously has put a uh, put a pause to newcastle united season um are you a are you an international fan malcolm you wore the shirt with pride you still hold the record <laughs> for the most goals in one game but I was saying to John uh, earlier that, you know, since 96, um, that, you know, the, the, the semi-final in 96, I haven't really had as much excitement. Even the recent semi-final that England were in, it, was, it wasn't the same. And I, I don't know why. And I, I don't make as much effort now to watch England as I did when I was, when I was a bit younger. Um, is, is it just me? No, it's not just you, Steve, I don't think. Um, I, I've been a bit the same myself. Um, I, I've been somewhat disillusioned with what I've been watching um, in the past few years. Um, but I have to say, I sat down and I watched the England game against Belgium. And England, they... they they were getting a bit of a tanking um, from Belgium, but I, I watched them 
slowly, slowly worked so hard and looked to, to get back into it. And, and they climbed the mountain. They did it. Uh, and, and, and then all of a sudden, they turned the tables on Belgium. And England, I felt over the, over the full 90, I felt that they, they really deserved the win. Um, they got good goals. Um, uh, and Henderson in, in, the, in the middle of the park, um, I, I thought he was absolutely superb in the way that he just generaled the whole thing. Um, and you could see him talking to people, helping them, um, and, and just showing them where they, where they should be going. And uh, I was very impressed. What I hope sincerely is that they don't suddenly plummet back off the top of the mountain and uh, uh, and drop a boo boo against Denmark tonight. Um, that that I, I it concerns me that that uh, might be a possibility. I hope they can just show the same metal and the same desire as they showed against Belgium, and I should be a happy man. Gibble. Yeah, I more or less agree absolutely with what Malcolm said. What we've got to realise, and I like Malcolm, when I watched the first half against Belgium, I thought it was second best by a country mile. Um, and Belgium were number one in the rankings and mm. they looked number one against, Newcastle, uh, against England. But then you suddenly saw this transformation, which was slow. But we've also got to remember that up top, um, England started without Kane and Sterling, who are two of their big hitters. Mm. Um, neither played up front because of injury or tiredness or muscle strain and Kane who come on late. But they played without both those guys uh, and still managed to, to turn the whole thing around. But I mean... What I'm finding odd, Steve, is that I find it very difficult to support one side that regularly wins absolutely nothing, which is Newcastle United, without supporting two sides that regularly win nothing, which is Newcastle United and England. So I get a bit exhausted by doing both of those things. And uh, my greatest concern is seeing Newcastle go on and do something. But there are signs with. England, but I get cynical like I do with Newcastle. I think if there were signs with the golden generation, Malcolm, when we were told what the golden generation were going to do, you know, with uh, Gerard and Lampard and etc. etc. Uh, bottom line, we didn't win anything. Newcastle United, we've had lovely signs with Keegan's entertainers and with um, Bobby Robson's side that went to third top and played a, a pile of Champions League games and um, ne nearly there with Newcastle nearly there with England the breakthrough I would love it to come with both but if only one side can win something then I know which it has to be for me and that's Newcastle United <laughs> you selfish stands out there was some sad been some, been some sad news since we uh, last met last Wednesday. Tommy Robson uh, passed away. And oh, yeah. uh, again, another, we've lost another one of the golden greats mm. and uh, someone who played a, a, a fantastic role at uh, Newcastle, Gibbo. 
Yeah, yeah. Tom was a, a dear friend of mine. I knew him from the day he come and signed in Newcastle. And I knew him before that when he was at Chelsea, actually. His dad was a, a barber in Gateshead. Um, Tommy was thrilled a bit to come to Newcastle United. He was in a big club, Chelsea, but he loved coming to Newcastle United. And, you know, the season we qualified for you for the Intercities Fairs Cup, which we won, we qualified to a good extent because of Tommy Robson, because he scored 11 goals that season. He was the second top goal scorer behind Wynne Davies. Um, and he was a great reason for us making it to there. He went away to Peterborough, become an absolute legend, played 500-odd games, London, scored 200-odd goals, but he never forgot us. And he kept in touch, and I know Malcolm met him when he come up here to the upstairs to watch games. He kept in touch with his roots here. And uh, I remember him, him ringing me last year to tell me that he, he had this disease that is is clear bless him in the end the uh, urine disease um, and he told me and he said you know he, he got the family around them together they had a little cry and then the Geordie spirit come out hey well, I'm going to fight this who says I'm going to die I'm going to give this a real go and he did um, and he phoned me after that and he was in the throes of trying to arrange with my help for a, a testimonial to be played either at the end of last season or before this season between Newcastle and Peterborough with the proceeds going not to him but to the uh, multi-neurone disease charity. Mm. Uh, that obviously got overtaken by coronavirus because to raise money you've got to have a crowd in. It couldn't happen at the end of last season. It couldn't happen at the beginning of this season. And then the whole thing is overtaken completely and sadly he's passed away. I didn't expect it to be that quick. We knew it was coming, but not that quick. And we have lost a genuinely good guy, a genuine Jordy, who... I had personal affection for, and I don't forget the part he played in us qualifying for Europe because what happened in Europe is the happiest time of my life of following Newcastle because we actually won something the last time we won something. So Tommy has a special place in my heart and in lots of people's hearts. Um, tragic the way it happened and so quickly uh to a man i always get that way malcolm when footballers uh, pass away and we've had heavy years ago and we've had jim scott from the the first cup side i always think the footballers has been invincible i always think i always remember them the way they were in the pump i remember them as young men bursting with energy bursting with fitness bursting with life and forget that they get old but i forget i get old because mentally I haven't. So you, I, I don't think of that happening. And it's therefore always a shock to me when somebody that I've got to love on a personal basis, as well as watching them professionally, passes away. And Tommy did strike me uh, as a particular blow in the last week. Sure. Um, the, the thing that really struck me when I first met him and, and it, it was um, in the last couple of years when he came up um, for this particular Newcastle game um, as, a, as a guest of Bob Moncur's. 
um, was his great enthusiasm, his enthusiasm for Newcastle United, even though he's, he was involved down at Peterborough, his great enthusiasm for the, the game of football itself. Um, and I, I just loved his company. He, he really was absolutely super company. Um, and, uh, and, and that, and, and I was, I was seeing his enthusiasm rub off on other people all around. And it, and it was just lovely to take part with him. Oh, fantastic. Lovely tribute from you uh, there, John. Um, and, uh, you know, our thoughts are with Tommy Robson's family and, uh, sure. you know, per yeah. perfect, perfect summing up from you, John. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to the comments now. I know they're mounting up and, um, you know, plenty of questions coming in from everybody. James Brown. Uh, we'll give you uh, the question first. He says, are you happy with the players we've signed? Do you think there's any areas which we need to strengthen? And if so, who would you like to see, Malcolm? Well, what I would like to see at the moment is, um, is absolute solid support up front. We've got a guy who, um, who, who has shown us that he can score goals um, and and he's an absolute natural but i don't see anybody just getting in there taking uh, and and taking part with him um in the box all too often he's the only he's the only guy in the, in the box even when we're playing at home at, um, at st james park and you know the, uh, i'm i'm looking at uh you know so maximum he'll get there he's he's doing great and and you can you can see you, you can see that, that the goal scorer is watching St. Maximum all the time because he knows that there's going to be a supply coming his way on a regular basis. Um, but, but people like Almiron, he's got to be so much more positive than he is at the moment. For me, as, as quick as he is, watch how many times he goes only to check back. Well, when you've got that kind of pace, keep going. You know that you that you can come across defenders um, in, in, instead of just running in straight lines. Bend your run. Come across defenders. They might that they might well pull you down. Okay, fine. You've got a free kick, or you, or even better, you've got a penalty. Um, but it puts. The defender out the game as well. And I'm not seeing Almiron do that. And when you, and and if he did, he would he would start to create goal chances, not just for himself but for others as well, and supplying them into the box. And 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 I'm I need to see a lot more from um, generally from from the midfield. Um, <clears throat> in 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 creating the supply, um, in pushing forward, you know, we're dropping off too much. Um, so I I want to see people take a far more positive attitude when they're going out on the pitch, and they're going to need it on this weekend. I can assure you, they are going to have to be positive. If coming on, Steve, to, to the signings we've made, sort of what do I think of them? Uh, Callum, it's early doors, of course. We're only four league games in, so it's early doors. 
to form an opinion that won't shift uh, but it will shift but Callum Wilson's got a, a big tick next to him for the most obvious reasons Ryan Fraser I'm looking for him to knock on now big time um, after his performance the other night for Scotland against Slovakia he didn't start against Israel he started against Slovakia and did exceptionally well he's yet to start for us in the Premier League because he wasn't up to match fitness having had this six-month layoff after his situation with Bournemouth he, he finished his contract I'm looking for a big breakthrough now quickly from Ryan Fraser um, Hendrick steady away midfielder steady away no better than that no worse than that and um, have we got too many steady away players maybe he will not let the side down but he won't take the again by the scruff of the neck young lewis at left back very hopeful for him very quick can't defend at the moment i think malcolm spotted that as well he can the guy can get on the wrong side of him of set pieces uh not quite the best Gillespie's what he is, the third choice goalkeeper. Um, should we have done more in the transfer market? Yes, I would like this centre half, and we definitely needed a centre forward. We can't get them now unless the free transfers are from the championship before Friday, and it doesn't look as if that's going to happen. So I've got a, a few worries, but um, let's remain positive. We're going out injuries. Like the drug bird thing that happened, like what happens to Callum Wilson, what happens to San Maximum. These are the guys to have it. We've got to keep fit. Yep, good stuff. Um, a lot of questions coming in. Raymondo makes a point about uh, crowds. Now, this is interesting because Dunstan, I'm not sure what's happening at North Shields, still allowing crowds in. Um, just to update you on yeah. that um they are allowed 150 maximum okay. in the ground their their usual crowd is somewhere between 280 and 450. okay and so they are seriously losing money hand over fist right and, okay. and also what i what i would like to add on that that when you get the 150 in and they're all spaced out the far end is empty the far end of the ground is empty um on three sides and they could easily get another 120 140 in therefore doubling the gate almost and still everybody would be well spaced out i, I think it's absolutely ludicrous that they should they should treat all of the grounds um as one that they should go and inspect the grounds and then give a figure for each ground it's interesting though that um for instance a, a, a dinner went ahead last night in an audience where um Arsene Wenger was promoting his new book uh, with Dan Walker from the BBC and um, there was a thousand people there um the opera um yes. needless to say has gone ahead um and yep. the the conservative ministers some of them who like that kind of thing have been going to it so the raised point was why on earth can't we go to football um if oh, all of these right. other events are going ahead and also um i'll just follow up on, on what i was saying and the points that you're making steve 
that um, it has been decreed that football clubs cannot open their bar an hour in the hour before the kickoff, and they cannot have them open in the hour after the game. Why? Pubs are open. Yeah, crazy. Where is the sense of it? You know, it's, it's one rule for them and another rule for, for them over there. I, I, I just find it sheer madness. And also, what I what I have to say is, and and uh, um, that it seems that the Durham FA and the Northumberland FA are in cahoots and making these rules together, and they are literally rules that are damaging the league and in damaging these leagues good heavens above it's it this is a strong part of of, of the um uh, um of, of the local football associations and they seem to be wanting to destroy them i find it because in in north yorkshire there's no restrictions you know that um Newca newcastle played down at north allerton uh, uh, sorry north shields played down at um North Allerton, it's in North Yorkshire, and they could have had over 300, not a problem. Yeah. You know, so uh, those over in Cumbria that play in the um, in the Northern League, um, they're not limited. I, I just find it madness. John, it is mad, isn't it, really? I, I mean, you know, I appreciate that, you know, certain age groups and certain people with underlying health conditions, etc., are all going to, you know, going to be wary. But are we not adults? You know, it, would it not be made more sense and said, this is this is how it's going to be? And, you know, we're advising it to do this rather than telling people what to do, which, of course, a lot of people don't like being told what to do, John. And I think it's going to lead to issues. But just concentrating on the football side of it, you know, God, you know, you yeah. could still have crowds in, couldn't you? I think it's starting to get on get on people's wick. Well, yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, and it is a huge problem that football's got to face. And the reason they've got to face it is because it would now appear that a very fluid situation. We were all awful, weren't we? Originally, before this season started late, there was an early October sort of deadline on the situation when crowds of a limited number were going to be allowed back in St James's Park. That then was quickly shelved as the coronavirus um, seemed to come in a second wave. If this second wave is going to be with us for some considerable time, and it would appear that it is, decisions have got to be made now as to what happens because football is going to be hammered so badly at all levels to be untrue. And of course, what is really, Steve, annoying me as well, is not just can't we get limited crowds back in Newcastle night with a 52,000 seater stadium, couldn't have um, social distancing and, and allow X number of fans in the size of their crowd of their ground of course they could but what is now happening as well is that all the good intentions that we had initially malcolm where by every premier league game went live on telly because the crowd couldn't go to, to the grounds so they were given their game to watch because that was only the decent thing to do 
what's happened to that? That's completely gone by the, the, the wayside now. And unless it's poker match of the day material, you've now paid 50 or whatever it is to watch Newcastle play Manchester United this Saturday night. Um, so all these wonderful good intentions whereby, all right, we won't allow you into grounds, but we will still allow you to be able to see the games, albeit second best on telly. That isn't happening anymore. If you want to do that now, when we're only in the beginning of October, then you pay for it. Um, so mm -hmm. we've gone backwards instead of forwards. Right. But, but also, John, what, what you're forgetting is that um, sitting at home are all the season ticket holders of Newcastle United, and there are tens of thousands of them. Um, but they they paid the full whack for last season and weren't able to see it all, but they didn't get any refund at all. And, and their direct debits were hit for this season that's being played now. So, so these season ticket holders who played on, pay on direct debits, they've had the money taken from them. Now they're being asked, if you want to see the game, you've got to pay again. I find it utterly extraordinary uh, um, that, uh, that, that the Football League, that, that they're just, it, it appears to me they, they want to milk this horrendous situation when people have already been milked. Yeah. And I, I and I think, oh, come on, let's let's play um, the game reasonably here and just get it up and get all the games on television. Let the television make their money um, with adverts and what have you. But I think that the Premier League are, are just being, uh, being wickedly greedy in this and they're not really looking at the situation and with with this other situation that we've already discussed that the Premier League have been involved in, they're just doing nothing but making enemies at the moment. 1495 to watch Newcastle United versus yeah. Manchester United this weekend really mm. is only going to do one thing, and that mm. is encourage people to find an alternative way of watching it, i.e. piracy. Yeah. Yes. And, and that yeah. is something that they've been trying to stamp out. But mm. believe you me, Everybody who wants to watch that game will get an opportunity to watch it without paying fourteen ninety five. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's oh, I, that is I that's angle, I really do. Go on, John. That's absolutely right. They, they will find a way of watching the game. It is piracy. That was the big thing. One of the. 20 things that were supposed to hold up the Newcastle takeover because of the piracy situation. This is encouraging us towards piracy. What I found lovely in the current situation is the fact that some fans said rather than give 14.95 and be held a ransom to watch their own team, they were giving the 14.95 to the food banks. And I thought that was absolutely terrific. Uh, it is very, very difficult to ask Newcastle United fans not to watch Newcastle United. We've had that old red having for how many years now, Steve, where, where you know, people saying don't go to the game and it'll rock Ashley, etc., etc. Asking Newcastle United fans in the thousands not to watch Newcastle, 
find that very, very difficult and almost impossible. And the same situation applies here, but it is a nonsense and people will watch the game illegally. And that is what will come out of all this. But the, the moral side of it, the fact that initially we were all told, don't you worry, you will see in the Premier League all your clubs play because the coronavirus might have kicked, shut down the grounds, but they'll all be for free on telly. How that lasted? You know, we haven't got a couple of months into a new season and that's gone by the board. Um, like everything else, everybody's playing angles during a coronavirus pandemic that is absolutely terrifying. And that included the project Big Picture who is looking to take advantage of a situation like this and railroad through the most disgraceful land grab in the, in the history of football. Thank goodness that got nailed today. And, um, you know, what's happening this deserves to be nailed too. But um, football fans are just getting uh, taken for a ride and they're the people that ought to be considered in this and considered greatly. Don't kill people's dreams like Project Big Picture and don't take the money out of Geordie's pockets and other people's pockets in the Premier League when haven't even certainly got jobs to go to in the near future. Yeah, well said, lads. And a lot of people saying great, great points made by uh, you two guys. They love listening to your opinions. So uh, thanks for the... Uh, Thanks for the feedback. Um, Man United, you know, at, at home is always a big game, Malcolm. It's, it's always a huge game. And the crowd plays its part in those games. We, we saw what happened with Matty Longstaff, you know, last season, getting that fantastic goal at the Gallagher end. It was like one of the boyhood mm -hmm. dreams. And, and um, fantastic, fantastic to see that happen. Um, there's no crowd, obviously. So the game is going to be different, like all the games. Um, and before we come on to the Man United game, is that playing its part, do you think? Do you think do you think the players are missing it? We've seen some absolutely bizarre results. We just need to look back to that last weekend of football where Liverpool lost, you know, conceded seven goals. Man United lost, conceded six goals. Um, you know, is this... Is, is, is the lack of fans at places like Old Trafford and Anfield and St James's Park and, and the Etihad, is, is it playing its part? Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Um, it, it, it's when you walk out of the tunnel and you have genuinely 50,000 people screaming their heads off, um, it lifts you and it, the adrenaline flows and what have you. Um, uh, and I hear the police have been called, by the way, to uh, to Liverpool Football Club um, because they were in excess of six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I was waiting yeah. for John to laugh, but I keep forgetting John's on a delay there. <laughs> but um, no, sit. I know. Um, seriously, I like to Miller. Aston Villa were, were absolutely terrific. They really were, um, and and ripped Liverpool apart. And also, and, and let's not forget this, because they are our opponents uh, this coming weekend, that Man United, despite going a goal ahead in the first couple of minutes, 
Um, they absolutely got murdered by by Spurs, and if if I were Steve Bruce, I would have I would have got the recording of that and sat all the players down and made them watch it over and over and over again um, to see just what Spurs were doing to to absolutely carve Man United um, to pieces. And it, and it wasn't anything out of this world, but it was just simple, good, strong attacking, getting, getting bodies into the Man United box, which is something that Newcastle lack. They, they, they are lacking in getting enough bodies into the box. Um, and, and, and Spurs did it. And, and they won six, for heaven's sake, despite going a goal down and, and, and Newcastle. So get forward. It's no use defending against the side like Man United. They will carve you apart. But if you go and put the pressure on them, as Spurs did, you can finish up absolutely tanking them. You can. Laura, yes, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, ESM's put a, a video out on his Twitter feed basically praising the Newcastle fans and the City after signing his new contract, which is very nice of him. Yeah, John, it, it, you know, we've talked about the fans not being at the ground. We, you know, we're saying, you know, it would be nice to get them in. But does it have an effect, you know, not having that 12th man? Oh, I think it does have an effect without, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, I'll ask you this. Would you prefer to go to Anfield with nobody in Anfield or would you prefer to go to Anfield and have them attacking you at the cop end? And the same applies to Newcastle in that time. It does make a big, big difference. But, you know, what I would like to say, guys, with the tongue in the cheek, and it is firmly in the cheek here, is as we look forward to Saturday night, News of Man United, we know that we're going to do well because... Man United were beaten 6-1 by Spurs and we got a 1-1 draw at Spurs. So on the law of averages, we are mm -hmm. going to muller them something horrible yeah. this Saturday night because there's the form guide. We're going, to, we're going to muller. The fact is that we didn't get a kick either with Spurs and another day, it might well, Malcolm, have been 6-1 against us down there. Uh, because it was Dolo that prevented that happening and Dolo mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can look at this game, you can look at this game two ways. The obvious way to look at it is that they've had a bad start to the season, man, you. They're coming off a 6-1 home defeat. I mean, De Gea is nowhere near the goalkeeper he was. He's gone from the world's number one to being looked upon as a joke. Maguire looked mm -hmm. so slow he couldn't catch a a cold sure at left back is just like a Martian. Martial is suspended. No, absolutely. Martial suspended this thing in. Cavani is in isolation, so can't play. So if you had those up, this is a great chance for Newcastle United. Though we know only too well, all three of us, because we've supported Newcastle long enough, we know that they'll come thirsting for a backlash against all the bad publicity they've had and with a couple of new signings who are playing and will meet an invigorated Manchester United. We know that because we've had it so often. But on the current situation, Newcastle United aren't going to be in a better position to put the pressure on Manchester United. Now, couldn't it be more with Malcolm that the only way to do that 
is to have a pop at them. It is no mm -hmm. good trying to defend and take it from there. We've got to have a pop at them. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree with you. Um, lots of people talking about the Man United game, and a lot of people seem to think that, you know, we we have a chance. Man United are, are probably there for the taking. And somebody's also mentioned that it's it's like a training game without the crowd, which I would agree with. And I think that's why we've seen a few a few weird results. Man City certainly haven't seemed to grasp this with with no crowd. There's there's definitely there's definitely effects. So I would I would agree one hundred percent with you, lads, and, and definitely. Um, Malcolm, then. Um, just going through the, uh, the the squad for the weekend, and um, obviously we've, we've heard the news there about Dubravka. Um, he he won't be available um, now. He's going to be out for a few months. For those of you just uh, tuning in, um, there is better news um, on the fitness of Kieran Clark, Paul Dummett, and Matty Longstaff. They all could be available uh, at the weekend. Not confirmed yet. News on the fitness of Jamal Lascelles is still awaited. Um, along, obviously, with our international contingent of Miguel Almiron, Ryan Fraser, Jeff Hendrick, Fabian Shaw and Emil Kraft. Um, Jamal Lewis, who I haven't touched on yet, um, is, is doubtful, though, with an Achilles tendon problem. Um, again, confirmation on all of that will come from Steve Bruce at his press conference. As somebody's just mentioned in the chat, Anthony Martial will be suspended for the game at St. James's Park. He is suspended uh, after the last game, um, there is possibility of a debut for Alex Tellis uh, for Man United, uh, but Edison Cavani will miss out due to the quarantine regulations uh, with this COVID situation. But um, like we've already said, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side have had a bizarre beginning to the season. They've won all three of their league and cup away games. 3-0 at Luton um, in the league, 3-2 uh, at Brighton in the Premier League and 3-0 at Brighton in the EFL Cup. But at Old Trafford, that's still pointless. So, um, you know, we're, we're playing them at our place. Uh, they'll be expecting to get something. So it's it's in the balance. Like John says, the form book would suggest Newcastle could win this. So, Malcolm, how do you see this game going? Well, I'm seeing all the comments um, at the bottom there. And, and people are saying, oh, that Newcastle are going to be playing huge numbers at the back. That's not the way to take Man, Man United on, the way they are at the moment. The, the, the way to get um, to get the better of them is to put the pressure on them in and around their own penalty area and and keep them back there. Once they're in their own penalty area, they're not a danger, and and so don't invite danger to come to come at you in and around your own penalty area. Look to keep it as far up the park as you possibly can. Um, and Shelby, he needs to push forward. You know, it, it, as soon as he starts sitting back, everybody else has to sit back. We want Shelby to be looking to play on the edge of the Man United box and looking to feed it in and, and maybe getting the odd shot in um, and, and what have you. Um, and, 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 and as Shelby is pushing forward, he can supply St. Maximin um, and, and, uh, and, and others. But, uh, but sitting back, Whoa, then you just in, you're inviting Man United not only to come and attack you, but but by playing that way, you're giving confidence to Man United. And at the moment, their confidence has been blown sky high, uh, uh, um, or blown up rather. I don't mean that it's gone sky high, I mean that it's that uh, um, after that last result, 
um, they, they must be feeling that uh, like their chins are on the ground. So get onto them, go and rub it in and, and put the pressure on them. And they, they will fold. De Gea, I, I thought he was absolutely super. And then about two years ago, he, things just started to go wrong for him. And, and right now, to be quite honest, um, I, I, if I were in the Manchester United side, I wouldn't back pass to him for fear he'd miss it. You know, so so get on to the, the weak part. And the weak part right now is De Gea. And just fire shots in uh, yeah. um, willy-nilly. I agree, Malcolm. I agree. Uh, John, would you do the same? I think Maguire's a weak link at the minute as well. I think he's heads elsewhere after his arrest uh, in pre-season. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And um, the weakness, unquestionably, match United side is at the back, not at the front. When Martial's available, etc., they've got a front three that's good. They've still got Rash Rashford. They've still got. Uh, Greenwood, they've, they've got people going forward, but defensively, they're very vulnerable. They have got a, a left-back, Luke Shaw is nowhere near good enough. I don't think he'll play, the new boy will play. I agree, Steve, with what you've said about Maguire. I think he's got exposed recently for the one pace that he, that he is. He needs a quick man at his shoulder that's going to help. Uh, cover certain things. He hasn't got that. The goalkeeper is a bag of nerves. To to the day, drop him and bring Henderson in. Um, so th their problems are at the back. So we have got to exploit that. If we just try to stifle midfield or play at the back against their front line, even without Bunny and without Martial, they will tuck us up. We have got to have a go at, their, at the heart of their defence and the keeper and have a real pop. Now, we don't have a lot of shots on goal normally. That If you look at our stats, we don't do that. We've got to do that in this game um, to have any real chance. And therefore, instead of relying totally on Callum Wilson and San Maximum, which is what we've done, so I would like to see Ryan Fraser come out of his shell, having had the experience at uh, with Scotland against Slovakia and burst at them as a third attacking. What I don't want is for him to play 90 minutes tonight, come back, Steve Bruce take a look at him and say, well, he's a bit shattered the two and a half games in one week and never starting for us. I'm going to have to put him on the bench again. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for him to go in and do what he did two years ago at Bournemouth when he and Callum Wilson had the Premier League terrified. That's why we bought him. He's been injured. He just hasn't been match sharp. He isn't coming back for an injury. Let him be released. Let him be positive. Let him go with San Maximum and Wilson and have a go in the goalkeeper, which is what Malcolm's been talking about. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, yeah. predict also also um just sorry to butt in, but um what I haven't mentioned is Steve Bruce. This is the one game that he really must want to win 
above all, to beat his old club, Man United. And he should, and, and through um, through this week and, and, and getting near to the, to the weekend, he should be really winding the players up. Come on, I'm relying on you. Come on, we're not going to get beat. And, and, and get the players really up and bubbling and alive and just dying to get out on, on, the, um, on the football field uh, and, and get hold of Man United by the scruff of the neck. I, I don't know whether he's that kind of a manager, though. No, I think he's an arms round. He's an arms round the players. He, he's he's a you know he's a he's a motivator, a man motivator, a man manager, man manager. He's not a coach. He's not somebody like that. So you never know. Look, we we got the result last season against them. Um, as for wanting to beat Man United, I'm not so sure. I always feel he's a Man United supporter. I don't think he's a Newcastle supporter at all. Um, I've always, I always, I've always felt that he was a Man U fan. Um, but I might be wrong. He's never, he's never done anything. He's never done anything to to suggest that. But um, I always get the impression he supports Man United. But we'll see. Give us a prediction, Mal. Uh, I'm going to take Newcastle to win two one. Okay, John. My heart says exactly like Malcolm that Newcastle will win 2-1. My head, after many years of following Newcastle, it says they'll lose 2-1, that we can't be as good as we were against Burnley and they can't be as bad as they were against Spurs. I've always <laughs> gone with my heart above my head, which has been one of the problems of mine. So I hope my heart's right this time and not my head. Great stuff, lads. Great show as always. Lots of people uh, sending in uh, very nice messages. So I want to thank you all for uh, your contributions. Yeah, it's always lovely. good. It's always, you, it's always nice to have you on. Happy birthday to Olivia Bernard. Um, he's, celebrate, he's celebrating his birthday today. We always like to give a shout out to anybody who is. Yeah. Um, we've only got 20 tickets left. Uh, as, as I say, it's a COVID audience. We can only get 80 in. So for the Food Bank Christmas night with uh, Lee Clark and uh, a few of the people of NUFC Matters, uh, www.newcastlelegends.com if you don't want to miss out on that um, and I will be back tomorrow night at the same time 6 o'clock with uh, the lads who do the retro show we'll be looking back at games between Newcastle and Blackburn tomorrow night and a lot of people asking are we doing a game uh, a game chat on uh, Saturday at 8 o'clock yes we are we will be doing um, a live uh, match day live on Saturday uh, at eight o'clock to cover the Man United game. We'll probably start around about 7.30 and uh, we'll be taking you all the way through. How we're going to watch the match, who knows? Uh, but I'm sure we'll find a way. <laughs> uh, as always, Malcolm, John, great, great to have you on. And I just want to congratulate you, lads. This is the first show where you've done of NUFC Matters without mentioning or criticising Joe Linton. <laughs> right, Steve, Steve, you've let us down. You just mentioned the man we're not going to mention. Yeah, but we, did, we didn't even discuss it, and he hasn't been mentioned. And there's, but I've got to be honest, some people have tried, they have tried. So, uh, I'll leave the last comment to Jason Carter. He says, Excellent show, thank you guys, the two legends, and Steve. Yep, thanks very much, mate. <laughs> Take care, uh, see you next week. Good night, lads. everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.